Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. So I'm going to read from John chapter 20, verses 1 to 20. And it'll be on the screen as well. But so John chapter 20, verses 1 to 20. Early on, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Well, we're continuing the, the, the big story of the Bible Finding our place in God's story, you see the Bible tells one big continuous story that finds its climax in Jesus. And so it's a story about God, it's a true story of the world, and I invite you to find your place within the story. Today we're still in Act 4, the story of Jesus, the King comes, and today we're looking at scene 8, Jesus and new life. Jesus rises from the dead and brings new life new creation. 
You see, the big story of the Bible, in the big story of the Bible, we discover that God created a good world that has gone bad because we've all grasped for the fruit of autonomy. We've all decided to find good and evil for ourselves. There is evil in our hearts. And it's kind of like this disease, this, this, this virus, this cancer, and it leads to all the, the evil and suffering in the world, and it, and it ultimately leads to death and decay. And there's a sense of irreversibility about it. Uh, we, we can't change the situation. We, we, we can't change the, the situation. We find ourselves in the, the situation, the suffering of the world, or even the evil within our own heart. It seems to be irreversible. And so we have this feeling and the sense of helplessness. And the current coronavirus crisis just highlights the sense of, of feeling helpless. Uh, we feel overwhelmed by it. And this Easter morning, we have mixed emotions. We, we want to celebrate, but we can't see our family. We're in lockdown. We're self-isolating. And, and it's a dire situation. People are isolated and alone. People are dying. And, and it's, it's a nerve-wracking, tense time. And we kind of wish we could just make it go away. That we could just make the coronavirus disappear. But, but we can't. It's irreversible. And death is irreversible. When, when someone dies, we suddenly confronted that with the reality that death is irreversible. We, we can pray for a miracle. We can protest. No, it can't be. Tell me it's not true. We can wish the whole event could be erased, that we could be rewound and, and played again without our loved one dying. But that can't happen. A, a thousand scenarios can run through our mind again and again and again. But eventually we have to come to accept the reality that death is irreversible. And so within the big story of the Bible, there's this hope. This hope that God would intervene and heal creation. Restore creation, renew creation, so that there can be new creation. And so we read in John chapter 20 and verse 1, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark. Now, by the way, the fact that he mentions it's the first day of the week, that's significant. And we'll get to that later. So early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Mary, one of Jesus' closest friends and disciples, goes to the tomb to pay her final respect. It's a way of dealing with her grief. It's a, it's a way of her coming to terms with the irreversibility of death. But then the unthinkable happens. And we read, she saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. What could that mean? So she runs off to call uh, Peter and John, two of Jesus' closest friends, and then they, they come running back to the tomb. There's more running in this chapter than the rest of the gospel put together. They get to the tomb and we read in, in verse 6 and 7. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. 
the cloth was lying in its place, separate from the linen. Had someone stolen the body and unwrapped the body? Why would you unwrap the body? Not only had they unwrapped the body, they'd gone to the trouble to, to create the effect, to, to make it look like Jesus' body had just disappeared. As though Jesus' body had just passed through the grave clothes and, and the empty grave clothes had merely collapsed onto the place where the body was lying, like a, like a cocoon after a butterfly has emerged. What could this mean? Well, after a little while, Peter and John go back home and they leave Mary all alone at the tomb. And it's there that Jesus appears to her. And we read in verse 14, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And when Jesus said her name, Mary, which was a, a greeting and an invitation and a rebuke all wrapped in one. Come on, Mary, don't you recognize me? But when Jesus said her name, Mary, suddenly her eyes were opened up to a, a whole new reality. Jesus had risen from the dead. And we read, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, it changed everything. It changes everything. When Jesus rose from the dead, the irreversible was reversed. Death has been defeated. And now Jesus holds out the awesome promise of reversibility. Nothing is final, not even death. Even death has been reversed. And what God did in that graveyard in Jerusalem, God can and will do on a grand scale for, for the whole world, for, for your loved ones and for you. Jesus has opened up the door for all who put their faith in him to experience new life. Freedom from death. And the irreversible will be reversed. But what do we mean when we say that Jesus has risen from the dead? Well, firstly, we're not talking about resuscitation. Many people have come back from the dead because... They have been resuscitated, either by medical intervention or, or miraculously. Uh, for example, in John chapter 11, we read about how Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. But in all of these cases, the person who has been resuscitated eventually dies. Now, they may go on to live for many years, but eventually they will all die. When Jesus came back from the dead, he, he never died again. 
And so it's not actually correct to say that Jesus came back from the dead. It's, it's more correct to say that Jesus went through death and came out the other side. Jesus went beyond death and entered into a whole new reality. A whole new humanity became a new creation, a, a new humanity that never dies, but lives forever. That's the significance of Jesus rising on the first day of the week. This is the first day of God's new creation. Secondly, we're not talking about a spiritual rising. Jesus didn't just spiritually rise from the dead. No, he physically rose from the dead. The, the tomb was empty. The, the, the body, the physical body, rose from the dead. We see this when Jesus uh, says to Mary in verse 17, Do not hold on to me. That implies that Jesus has a physical body that can be held on to. And again, when Jesus appeared to the disciples that evening, we read in verse 20, he showed them his hands and his side. They were able to see and touch the scars on Jesus' body. He had a physical body. Thirdly, we're not talking about a natural physical body that rose from the dead. No, well, we're talking about a supernatural physical body that rose from the dead. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, when Mary met Jesus, at first she didn't recognize him, and then she did. That's because he was the same, yet different. It was the same body, that the tomb was empty, so it was the same body, but yet the grave clothes just fell off. It was the same body. He had the scars to prove it, but yet it had been transformed. He was able to simply pass through locked doors. So it was the same body, but it had been transformed into a new type of humanity. It was a new creation. It it had a supernatural body, one that never dies, but lives forever. And this changes everything. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead changes everything. What exactly has changed? Well, new creation has begun. You see, most Jews in the first century believed in the resurrection, in the rising, based on Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2. They believed that the righteous, those who put their trust in God, would rise from the dead. But they believed that this would only happen at the end of this age. In other words, at the end of time. This current evil age would come to an end, and then God's new age, new creation would start. The new age would begin. The beginning of new creation. The idea that one person would rise all by themselves and before this current evil age has come to an end, before the end of time, was simply beyond the horizon. But that's exactly what happened. 
Jesus rose from the dead. What does this mean? And this means that the new age, the new creation has already begun. Even though this current evil age continues, this new age has already begun in Jesus. And we can experience this new age now in Jesus. You see, Jesus rising from the dead isn't the end of the story. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of God's new creation. And it's broke into our time, our age already. And we can be part of that now by putting our faith in Jesus. But what has Jesus actually achieved for us by rising from the dead? Well, firstly, he's made it possible for us to experience a new intimate relationship with him and with God. So we read in, in John chapter 20 in verse 17, uh, Jesus is speaking to Mary and he says, uh, do, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead has radically changed the disciples' relationship status. You see, up until this point in, in the gospel, uh, Jesus has referred to his followers as his disciples, his servants, or even his friends. And he's referred to God as my Father or my God. But now, he refers to the disciples as my brothers. And he refers to God as my God and your God, to my father and your father. You see what's happening? They are now part of the family. They are now an intimate child of God. How has that happened? Well, on the cross, Jesus took all our sin, all the evil on our heart upon himself, and he dealt with it. He dealt with our selfishness and our, our self-centeredness and our greed. He dealt with our guilt and our shame so that we can receive his Holy Spirit. So we can experience a new birth and become the intimate children of God. And through faith, we can experience this intimate relationship with God. Isn't that amazing? And everyone can become an intimate child of God. It's open to everyone. Secondly, Jesus has made it possible for us to experience a new humanity. One that lives forever. When Jesus rose from the dead, it, it changed everything. The irreversible was reversed. Death was defeated. It changed everything. We can now, because Jesus rose from the dead... Jesus has opened up the door for those who put their faith in him to become part of a whole new humanity, a whole new creation, one that lives forever and never dies, one that doesn't experience sickness and, and decay or doesn't have any imperfections or flaws. And we can experience that through faith in Jesus. The interesting thing, of course, is in the new creation, everyone's going to have these perfect, flawless bodies, except for one person, Jesus, who will still have the scars in his hands and his side and his feet, 
eternal reminders of our salvation. Thirdly, Jesus has opened up the possibility for new joy amid fear. We read in verses 19 and 20, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now the disciples were were afraid, so they were hiding in, in behind locked doors. They, they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jewish religious leaders who had killed Jesus. They were afraid that they might be next, and so they're hiding. But when they meet Jesus, risen from the dead, they experience peace and joy, a profound sense of joy. And in life there are many heartaches and pain, and we will cry like Mary cried. But in the midst of those heartaches, because Jesus rose from the dead, we can have hope. Our, our despair can turn to hope. Our fear can turn to faith. Our sorrow can turn to joy. A profound sense of joy. Even in lockdown, even in isolation, even if we are fearful now, we can know a profound sense of joy, freedom from fear, with the presence of God. Now getting back to the disciples, on that first Easter evening, on one sense, nothing had changed. Rome was still occupying the land. The, the Jewish religious leaders still had a bounty on their heads. Evil and suffering was still reigning outside. And they would all suffer and one day die. In one sense, nothing had changed. But on another sense, everything had changed. The irreversible had been reversed. And they experienced this profound sense of joy. As the, the old Christian song says, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living. Just because he lives. And this is the big story of the Bible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for what you have done for us. That you died for us, but then more than that, that you rose from the, from the dead. You defeated death. The irreversible was reversed. And the promise and the hope of eternal life in a new creation, without sickness and death, without suffering and pain, with, without mourning and tears. Father, we thank you.
that you did that for us. And Father, we, we just marvel that because that changes everything. Even though we might now still be in dire situations and in experiencing heartaches and confusion and, and fear for so many reasons. We thank you. Because you are alive, because you are living, because you are reigning. And because you are present with us, the risen Jesus is present with us. We can experience a profound sense of peace and joy, even in the midst of heartache. Father, won't you, by your Holy Spirit, pour your love into our hearts afresh. Your presence, in, surround us by your presence and your love, that we might know that hope, that peace, that joy that we have in Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.